Hello everyone and welcome to the very first two. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually ridiculous. <laughs> Hello everyone and Hello. welcome to the very first episode of That's Lame. Episode one. I'm so excited to be doing this. I think both of us are equal parts like terrified mm. and so excited to be doing this. Yeah, let's get stuck in. Let's dive straight on in there and we are gonna treat this as a little bit of like a first date so we're gonna get to know each other even though obviously <laughs> Evie and I already know each other but we're gonna introduce ourselves to the listeners. So I'm Jonathan Baker, I'm 25, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> why is that relevant? <laughs> it's relevant, it's relevant. Let me do mine. I'm Evelyn Shreve, I'm 23. <laughs> And I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> oh, interesting. Wonder got my I'll... age for a second. Sorry, <laughs> got your age. Yeah, but you're turning soon. 24 soon. February the 12th, <laughs> if anyone wants to send me some flowers. Okay. So, obviously, Evie and I are both horse girls. But it goes a bit deeper than that, really, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. So we've both been horse girls, which I feel like is a very new term yeah, as well. Yeah, it is. Growing up, it was just, I liked horses. Yeah. And it was just a lifestyle. But now it seems to be a whole phrase. It's a whole, like, genre of person. Growing up, you were just, like, a freak, weren't you, if you liked horses? Yeah. People... I didn't... Did, did you canter about the playground? Oh, God, yeah. Did you actually? Yeah. Did you actually? I cantered everywhere. <laughs> Oh no! Oh. I don't think I did. Maybe, I did. maybe like under seven. I cantered everywhere. I had posters from the Pony magazine all over my wall. I had that lilac bed linen with the. Do you know the bed linen I mean with the cartoon horses on it? I think I do. Is it like farewell? Like it's sort style? of. It's a very like iconic print. Oh, okay. I had that. <laughs> Until a worrying age. <laughs> until last year. <laughs> until, uh, yeah, until last year. Until last year. Yeah I, yeah, I was obsessed. Okay. I We both had these jumpers. Oh, yeah. We? With the Shetland ponies on. Yeah. The fleecy jumpers. It. Yeah. It's like a uniform, isn't it? 100%. I loved that thing. Um, we've both been horse girls for ever. Yeah, I think I've been riding since I was probably about three. Yeah. Whereas you're, you've been riding since the womb. <laughs> my mum actually fell off with me at Royal Winter Horse Show. It explains Show. a lot. Doesn't it? <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> okay, so I hate talking about my riding career because to me I feel like I'm bragging. And we've just had a little conversation about the fact that it's not bragging, but it feels like it is. And I feel like I have this very British, polite part of me that just mm. doesn't want to ever talk about what I've done. But for the sake of the podcast, mm. I will say what I've done. So I have ridden my whole life. I am now 25, which is a scary age to be, but... um. I started competing internationally for Great Britain in the junior ranks, aged 14, on a home-produced horse. Um, I think the last competition I did for Great Britain was 
Oh, quite a few years ago now. Yeah, it's before I was. Yeah. And I want to say maybe it was like 2019. Yeah, yeah, 2019, pre-COVID. I don't know how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> a little stalker. <laughs> um, so I, I I was doing it for a long, old time. Um, I managed to get my own horse up to Grand Prix, which was a huge achievement for me. Apollo, I, right? Shout out to Apollo. <laughs> love him. Um, I was I was also on two Young Rider European teams. Uh, I was on the World Class Programme for four years. I've done under 25 international competitions. I think the highest I was ranked in the world Young Rider ranks was 12th, which is nice because I like the number 12. 12's my favourite number, actually. Yeah, I wish I got, you know, like, sub 10, but it is what it is. (laughs) Sub 10. Is that the right phrase? Yeah, I think it sounds quite professional. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a screenshot of it, so it's there forever because (laughs) obviously, like, now I'm nowhere. But, um... That's my kind of background. I also, I've had a couple injuries in the past, like both me and horses Mm. that has has kind of like held me back. And I'd say since 2019, I have like changed a lot as a person. I wouldn't say I do the riding quite so much as I did, but I feel like when you come out of the young rider ranks, you really like dip down. Mm. Well, it's quite a high, isn't it? I guess like, it, it's quite a, yeah. it's quite an early climax to like reach, isn't it? A hundred percent. You get there so quickly, and it feels like you're on top of the world, and then you're suddenly like you fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And I think the, I think it's so important how you get back up. Yeah. Or if you get back up, if you want to get back up to the top, how you do it, and that's where I am at the moment. Would you say your biggest achievement then is what you've done? with the young riders uh no mm. i'd say my biggest achievement for me was uh doing the grand prix at the nationals oh so, so, yeah you said yeah i remember you, we've spoken about this yeah before, actually. so senior grand prix at the nationals on apollo because growing up so i i first went to the nationals with apollo i think i was like 12 or 13 oh I was so small <laughs> like we could never afford ponies so mm. we just like mom just like chucked me on Samantha's horse Samantha's my older sister she does dressage as well um <laughs> she just like chucked me on Samantha's like spare horse and off I went basically spare and, horse, spare horse. <laughs> and um, I can remember being like 12 or 13 watching the Grand Prix class at the Nationals thinking oh my god that would be amazing to be in that mm. and then when I got invited to be in that class I was like this is it I've made it oh did you get invited yeah I got a wild card I didn't actually qualify <laughs> so unfortunately I haven't won a Premier League Grand Prix yet <laughs> I think I came second though what on Apollo on Apollo in a Premier League Grand Prix, not at the Nationals, can you imagine? I also <laughs> didn't come last at the Nationals, which I thought was a huge that's, that's sort of what I go in. When I go into the Nationals, it's like, yeah, if I don't come last, I'm pretty Yeah, but also, buzzing. if I come last, I'm like, it, it is what it is. Someone I'm has to come last. still here at the Nationals. <laughs> Someone has to come exactly. last. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my background, and I hope that I didn't sound like bragging. Because it's I don't so like arrogant. <laughs> so don't arrogant. Cry. Okay. <laughs> So my background is slightly different to Joanna's as I only joined British Dressage two years ago. (laughs) Great two years. (laughs) Having never done it before. (laughs) I have ridden since I was about three, um, but I did a bit of everything. Dressage, show jumping, eventing, 
Mainly Pony Club. Like I did Pony Club yeah. camp every year. So you were more wild than I was. I did team <laughs> Pony Club teams every year as well in each discipline did each you? year. Yeah. Gosh, how um, did that go for you? I actually wanted to be an event rider to start okay. with. Like I genuinely believed I was going to ride around Babington oh. when I was little. How's that going for you? Well, I should have. <laughs> I should have realised that I wasn't an event rider when I would get God knows how many time faults cross country oh. because I was just doing like a lovely little collected canter <laughs> on the bridle. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I did. It was too too sloppy for me. Too fast. Yeah. Just didn't suit me at all. Um, so then, yeah. Then I went to uni, so I had to put horses on hold for a few yeah. years. So riding on and off in the holidays. I did a bit of riding at uni as well, actually, which was an experience. <laughs> you missed the eye roll there. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have gone straight into horses, but I needed a fallback option, really. Yeah. There's not much money in horses. And as my parents aren't in the equestrian industry, yeah. you know, I just needed that backup. I think it's nice to just, like, see the outside world as well. Yeah, I think every so often I regret it. I sort of think, oh, I wish... I started horses sooner because I'd be more ahead now. But then yeah. in the same breath, I think it has made me quite well-rounded. Yeah. And more experienced. Because you did a cool degree, didn't you? Yeah, so I did a psychology degree, which I'm actually really glad I did because I think sometimes I take my knowledge for granted. Mm-hmm. I don't realise that I know that because I've been taught it. Yeah. And it's not until I talk to other people that I sort of think, oh, wow. You That's know, they, not common knowledge. Yeah, they, or they don't <laughs> see it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad I did it for that. And then I started working for you guys the yeah. summer before my final year. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say that's when I really got the dressage bug, I would say. You got attached. Yeah, because I think <laughs> I think a lot of the time people don't want to go into dressage because it is a bit boring at like the lower it, levels. God, I hate circles. Like if you're a child, like walk, trot, canter, circles, you know, you want to be jumping, yeah. you want to be cantering, you want to be doing the fun stuff. Whereas because I came here and Samantha let me ride one of the schoolmasters, yeah, yeah. Zazu, I could do all the move, like have a go at all the movements, like yeah. the flying changes, the passage, and that's really fun. And yeah. I think if more people experienced that, they would actually go into dressage oh, 100%. Sooner. Spoiler alert, dressage isn't boring. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I started working with you guys the summer before my final year. I was meant to go back to uni and I never did. <laughs> never went back. May Probably because of COVID really. I didn't actually go back to campus, but I actually am still here two years after my degree. So <laughs> that degree's been so useful yeah. to you. <laughs> really useful. <laughs> so in this podcast Evie and I are obviously going to be talking a lot about our horses so we just want to give you like a little bit of context a little bit of background just so we're not just like throwing random names and stories mm. out there you have a little bit of a an understanding of our horses it's a meet our hosts and horses <laughs> we can't get them in there for them to tell their own no. stories so we're just going to tell Thankfully. it for you <laughs> thank god um so I have two horses that I'll be talking about a lot which are my two current competition horses. They're called Simba and Sirocco. They are both 10. Sirocco is, I've well, I've had Sirocco the longest, so he, whenever I talk about them, he always comes first. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so we've had him since a foal. He was actually originally brought for my sister, but I have successfully stolen him. <laughs> 
Uh, and he is, he's like over 17 hands. I've not really measured him. but I he, think he's, he's like 17 too. He's, he's quite, quite tall, large actually, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, I stand next to him and I just like carry on looking up his wither for context. I'm five he's foot five. So. beautiful, like long neck as well. Yeah, he? he is. Stands very tall. Absolutely stunning. He's tall, dark and handsome. He's black with four white socks, a white blaze that's nearly in the shape of a heart. And he is genuinely perfect. Mm. I call him Mr. Perfect all the time. I just adore him. And so he is training at Grand Prix level, which is so exciting to say because it's I've been the one who's ridden him since he was five. And I really just didn't even think I'd get this far. And now that I'm where I am now, I can still see like we've got so far to go mm. but like it's all reachable so he's doing pretty much all the canter work from the grand prix and we've recently just like had a breakthrough with our pf passage training as well so it's so exciting he is never going to set the world on fire in terms of dressage and competition you know he's not like the most elaborate moving horse but his personality and how loving he is just so makes up for that and um, you'll hear more about this on the podcast, but I don't really care about winning, actually. <laughs> it doesn't really matter to me. Um, but yeah, so he's a 10-year-old. He's a British-bred Hanoverian, which I really like because he was born and bred in Wales. And, you know, I just think it's quite cool, yeah, actually. Quite cool. So the other horse that I'll be talking about a lot is Simba. He is also 10 and I've had him since he was a rising six-year-old. Um, Simba is, I adore Simba, but he's a complicated horse. You know, in terms of where like Soroka just gets it, Simba just doesn't. <laughs> he just. I've never known a horse that like lifts his lip up as much as Simba does. Yeah, he's just constantly like smiling and laughing at you. Like you go to pat him and he's just like showing his teeth. Like, you know, when they lift their like lip all the way yeah. up. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? His ears go forward instead of up. He's such a weird character, but in like such a loving way. He is. You know, like if he has a nap, you know, if he's lying down in the stable, you can go in and you can lie on top of him. He'll like put his neck around you, drag you down for a cuddle. He's so sweet. And then on the flip side, sometimes you can ride him and I genuinely feel like I'm about to die because he is the most powerful thing I've sat on. He is an incredible mover, isn't He's he? He's probably the best moving on the yard naturally, isn't he? Yeah, he just moves and he can just do things. But that kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that he often gets injured, which um, has really set us back and has been really difficult for like everyone involved to deal with that's probably something we'll talk about quite a yeah. lot in the podcast actually injuries and yeah injuries with the horses injuries with me yeah it's it's all kind of set us back um but touch wood I'm touching some wood you can't see <laughs> um he has been back in work for coming up to a year now and I've just been taking it really really slow with him but he has got the regionals coming up just at Novice and Elementary, which in terms of his age is quite far behind, like where he should be in inverted commas. But I like to say that it's a little late, but he's worth the wait. Yeah. And also I think age with horses is so relative. I mean, yeah. we, we've we got, for instance, a horse that's technically six years old on the yard at the moment mm -hmm. because of injury. He's probably still five. Yeah. And I think it's better to see them in, in that way. Yeah, not think, oh, they're this age, they need to be doing this. It's yeah. more but 
depending on, you know, their history and what they've been through. Yeah. So, you know, Simba and Sorocco, they're both 10. Sorocco's <laughs> like nearing Grand Prix and Simba's like, look, I can do a leg yield. He's but a slow burner. He, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, at home, I'd say he's working more towards advanced medium. The other day, actually, yeah. I was trying to do simple changes and I got two beautiful, clean flying changes. <laughs> he's ready. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, I guess that'll do. Like, <laughs> not what I asked, but can't really tell him off either because it's no, like that's no. what you want. At the end I literally of just like laughed no. and patted him, and I was like, "Well then, you're so clever." <laughs> I was like, "I'm actually buggered for that <laughs> elementary test, but oh well." Um, but yeah, so that's my two. Um, I've got a couple more that we will discuss behind the scenes, <laughs> as and when. <laughs> yeah, as and when they become relevant. Um, but yeah, they're your main two. Those are my main two. Those are my boys. I'd also like to add they do live out in the field together, which I love because they are such good friends. And obviously they both still got shoes on and I just turn them out and I just ask them to make good decisions. We're big on turnout though, aren't we? I mean, yeah, Samantha's Grand Prix horse. I know he's injured at the moment, but he lives out 24-7 yeah. all year round. Mine does. Yeah. We're just like, bye kids, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're really lucky in that... Um, other than the fact that we don't have an indoor, um, we've got our fields are on the side of a hill, so yeah. they don't actually get too wet. And also, hill work is so good for the horses. Yeah. So, like, their water trough is at the top of the hill. So, if they want to have a drink, like, they've got to like march up a hill, and it's quite steep as well. And I just think it's so good for them. Yeah, I like turning them out because it's it's like you're turning them out for like a sleepover. You're like, bye, have yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if you get cold, snuggle up yeah. together. <laughs> So, whilst Joanna's type is tall, dark, and handsome, mine must be small, chubby, ginger. Because my <laughs> That's horse, why she's friends with me. <laughs> my horse is a 16-1 chestnut gelding. It's all right, though, because he's got a sophisticated name to match. Terry. <laughs> I presume that's because Terry's chocolate orange. I don't know. Yeah, because he's round and orange. Yeah. Um, he's 10 as well. He's by Apache. So, he's technically half-brother to Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. They look very similar. They do. Um, although Terry's blaze is slightly crooked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like to say that if you see a horse on the showground that you think is Pumpkin, which I have had, I've had people come up to me before. Yeah, numerous times. Yeah, just just look at the rider if you want to determine. <laughs> if it's a glamorous, beautiful blonde, it's Pumpkin. <laughs> if it's a tired, worn-out <laughs> brunette with a resting bitch face then it's terry because <laughs> that's me um, but yeah terry is my first proper horse i did have a horse one horse before him but that was like a hand-me-down from my mum and brother whereas terry is the first horse that i went to try sort of looking for myself um so yeah he's 10 he did i think elementary before mm-hmm. i bought him um and only really like a handful of shows uh we are now just about to do advanced medium at the regionals we've climbed from novice to advanced medium in this in a couple years i think yeah and we've actually qualified for nationals at each level which is amazing i might add yeah because we're what i like about me and terry is yeah it'd be great if you know if i just could go out and buy a schoolmaster and they teach me and all the rest of it I actually really like that me and Terry are on the same level. Yeah. My first ever regionals with British dressage 
was his first regionals. Yeah. The same with the nationals. And we're going through the level together. And, and if anything, I think that's more special. So, Evie and I wanted to start this podcast because we both listen to podcasts. We both really enjoy them. I think there's often times we're mucking out in like stables next to each other and we're both listening to like different podcasts <laughs> and it's like who can turn it up the yeah. loudest and like drown the other person out but we both of us found that there wasn't something that was for us no you know like we love listening to podcasts about like fellow girls in their 20s that are like navigating the girl world but at the same time you know, we can't really relate to them because we don't live in a city. No. We're not like the sit- city dating game. No. It's like completely different. You know, we can't like get up and go to the gym at like nine in the morning or whatever. Yeah. And then go for like drinks every evening with our friends. We Yeah, we don't go out. We don't ever go out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it doesn't happen. It's like an annual um, occurrence. You know, so we, we navigate the girl world and the horse world mm. and... I think there are so many other people out there that are like us who would hopefully enjoy this podcast. Yeah, I think so. I think I would say, I mean, well, the fact that the term horse girls becomes such a... Ick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, no, I wasn't going to say ick. I was going to say it's a, it's a phrase that people use. Yeah. So there is like a community and I, and I think listening to fellow horse girls and how they sort of manage working on a yard and working with horses and also with the more daily things of social life, lack thereof. <laughs> you know, Dating lives, lack, lack thereof. thereof. <laughs> I mean, that's part and parcel why we called it That's Lame, really, because... Yeah. It has a double meaning. It's a play on words, isn't it? I yeah. mean, it's, you know, horses, they go lame. Our social lives are lame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our the personal fact- lives are lame. <laughs> We're starting a podcast. <laughs> that's, that's lame. lame. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually, I would say it's more to... I can hear people being like, oh, God, that's so lame. They do that. Yeah, yeah, we've already called it that, so... So you can't say (laughs) that. It's a defence mechanism. We beat you to it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to our first ever episode of That's Lame. And thank you to our friend Alex over at Focus Right for helping us with the entire setup of this because we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> Please remember to like and subscribe and to follow our socials using the link below. Next week, we'll be answering some dilemmas, both yard life and love life. So stay tuned and see you next Monday for some more chats and giggles. Bye! Bye!